1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's what you've been waiting all week for. Diamond Bets is on the air. My name's Matt. His name is Joe. He is the author of the Fantasy Black Book series. It changes the way we look at sports overall. This is a show about baseball by baseball fans. So, Joe, give us some of the scouting
2: reports that have come out for this week (laughs) as we look ahead to making money in the 2021 season. Well, I'll tell you, Matt, we're getting closer and closer and really starting to feel like baseball and look like baseball out there. This is that point in time in spring training where you see guys playing more innings, you see pitchers going four innings now, and you'll see a pattern that develops too. Typically, you'll see pitchers go out there. Usually, the good pitchers look really good that first start. The second one, not always so much. Sometimes they're working on something. It's by that third and fourth one, you want them to kind of round into form. But you're seeing some guys and some position battles. You're seeing uh, the Yankees' fifth starter spot really heating up. You're seeing that shortstop situation in Cleveland working itself out, hopefully. And a lot more. And that's what's fun about spring training, trying to figure out who can get to the start of the season healthy and who's going to have which jobs. And I'll tell you what, another big return was Steven Strasburg. So let's start there, Matt, this morning. Uh, with uh, his spring debut, he pitched one and two-thirds scoreless innings, struck out four guys, one walk. Looks like the carpal tunnel's dumb. No more uh, no more Halo or uh, or or Fortnite for Steven Strasburg. I don't know what he was playing or had the carpal tunnel from, but you know what? Whatever it is, I'm glad it's over. But this is a big one because Steven Strasburg is a pitcher that, you know, we know is transcendent. You know when he is right, he is about as good as it gets. And if the Nationals are going to bounce back, Matt, and get back to – you know, that team that could be a formidable force in the NL East, then Steven Strasburg is going to have to be healthy. So this is a good first sign. Are are you encouraged by this first outing as much as I am? Well, I think if you're going to
1: invest in the Nationals, whether it be through fandom or financially, you need and want Steven Strasburg to be good, to be effective, because everyone else around him will then fall in line. So it's encouraging to the investor to see that Steven Strasburg is in form. Granted, it is still very early in spring training.
2: Yeah, it is early, but healthy and on the mound. That's something Steven Strasburg can struggle with at times anyway. So look, you just hope you can get enough because if Corbin, Strasburg, and Scherzer are right, then you're in good shape there. If you're the Nats, plus you brought in some more power. So you also got some guy named Juan Soto who's pretty good at baseball. I'm just saying. All right. Next on the list is this is why Met fans are self-loathing, like myself. Carlos Carrasco shut down in Mets Camp due to elbow soreness. We're still waiting for news about mm. this. This is mm. not good. This is terrible. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm, Indeed. And this is it. This is what happens to us. We start to get excited, and we know excited is a bad thing if we're Mets fans, because inevitably something like this ends up happening. So that's not a good start. Also, Zach Britton, not a good start for him. He's going to have elbow surgery Monday. He might not return until June or July. So the Yankee bullpen, which was a huge strength, really takes a hit here. And let's be honest, when you have Kluber with some questions, Tyon with some questions, uh, some other young pitchers like David Garcia. There's a lot of innings questions. You want to lean on the bullpen. So not having Zach Britton definitely hurts too. Uh, but the good news is that for the Red Sox, Ender Bogart's getting closer to being healthy and 100%. Also, a little side note, Hunter Harvey of the uh, Baltimore Orioles, who was supposed to be the closer this year, The young kid they've been grooming for that role. He has a strained oblique, and we all know what that means. We'll yeah. see you in two months, kid. Good time. Ah. So look for somebody else <laughs> to take over that closer role. But look, going back to this Yankee bullpen, Matt, I mean, this is you yes, know, Zach Britton was a guy that stepped up into void when you had to and you needed saves. He's got that closer mentality. So welcome in our radio audience here, uh to fan to uh Diamond Bets right here on uh on Sports Grid. And I'll tell you what, the Yankee bullpen right now without Zach Britton. Yes, they still have a lot of arms there, but I think this is a key card. I think it does hurt them, especially when you start to throw out everything that's going on here early on with this rotation, because the guys that they have are not exactly seven inning pitchers for the most part outside of Garrett Cole.
1: I no, no, agree wholeheartedly, and because this is a show about baseball in its entirety, you want to look at the entirety of the Yankees' bullpen. Yes, if you were looking to invest in this team, whether it be in win totals or individual different type of wagers, then you would want a guy like Zach Britton to be 100% healthy. But I think the Yankees understand that one player does not make a team. So uh, if I'm the Yankees, I'm concerned, but I'm not worried.
2: Well, I- I'm glad that Xander Bogarts is getting right, too, because... Uh, this is a very exciting player, a uh, terrific player, and Boston really needs For a bounce-back sure. season. They kind of got away with 2020 because it was 60 games. There was no crowd there anyway to boo the rebuild or the retool or whatever the heck we want to call it off the Boston Red Sox. But eventually fans are going to be back there in Boston, and if they don't start winning games this year, I think they're going to hear it. Now we'll see what happens with Chris Sale uh, as the year goes on, but the good news also is what Rodriguez. Rodriguez looks good so far in camp. And that is a huge addition because this was supposed to be the anchor of their rotation last year. He had battled COVID, had some really bad repercussions from it. So seeing him on the mound is good. Seeing Steven Strasburg on the mound is really good. I'd love to see Carlos Carrasco out there, but <laughs> that doesn't seem as going to happen. And look, the Mets really needed him. So Matt, I, I don't yes. know. I mean, you've got Stroman, you've got some other pitchers there, but no Carrasco. That's like the real number two in this rotation. If, the, if Dare I say, if the worst becomes reality, what happens now to the Bats?
1: Well, listen, each and every Sunday morning at 8 a.m., we come your way with this show, and we want to bring a positivity to it. We have to try to lift things up as opposed to put things down. But if you're the New York Mets and you see that Cookie Carrasco is not going to be right, I do believe you start to bite your nails because where do you pivot? I mean, Seth Lugo isn't an option. Maybe Peterson, the lefty, could fill in a slot and be a pleasant surprise. We'll see. It makes
2: me want to eat a whole sleeve of cookies. That's what this does. This mm-hmm. news. I'm telling you right now, it's not good. But we got a great show for you today. We're gonna to be doing a lot of AL and NL rookie of the year talk. When we come back. Who's the best young rookie in the American League? We'll tell you what the odds on fan right after this. Stick around.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back into Diamond Bets. Matt Stryker and Joe Pizzapia here. We come your way each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Check your local listings for where you can find us as we punch our way into the 2021 season. And with that said, Joe, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the great career of marvelous Marvin Hagler, uh, one of the heroes of my childhood and a guy that will remain just a bastion of what the sport should and could be for all athletes to come
2: one of the all-time greats no doubt about that and I remember like you as a kid watching him and watching those fights uh especially Tommy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard and you know growing up with a a boxer for a grandfather we watched a lot of those and I remember then ESPN Classic back in the day rerunning those fights and me sitting there with him and watching them again as I was a teenager and just you know they, they don't make champs like that anymore and it's uh it's unfortunate you know certainly to lose uh, such a, a pillar in the boxing community like uh, marvelous marvin Hagler. but uh what a great career and a great life that he did have um and looking forward to more future here in baseball and we're gonna do all our crystal ball action here a little future action because we're talking about the rookies and you know what last year was very difficult because matt all of a sudden you had a 60 game season and teams really didn't want to start a lot of clocks on a lot of guys right. although Some guys actually surprisingly did come up. You saw some guys Mm -hmm. actually pop and we thought, oh wow, that acts actually surprising. The opposite ended up happening for some teams who really were competing and said, well, we can't acquire guys via trade. It's the only way we can get better is from within. So this year is gonna be a little bit more like normal. As we look at the FanDuel odds, there's a clear leader at the top of this board, but I think this is a huge, huge trap. So Randy Rosarena is three to one right now. He's plus 300 over on FanDuel. Then you have uh, Jared Kalanick at plus six. He's going to start the year probably on the IL, so that's going to be Mm -hmm. a trickier thing for him. I don't want to discount him altogether. Ryan Mountcastle was incredible in his short sample last year. He is at plus 1,000. Nate Pearson also dealing with injury in the spring, plus 1,200. Then you've got Alex Kirillov, Tristan McKenzie, Wander Franco, Madrigal, and Adley Rutschman all at 15 and above. Now, I want to start with the favorite here. Because there's a, a very strong trend. We always talk about trends, and this show being a baseball show, but an investment show at the same time. There's a really strong trend in Major League Baseball over the last, I don't know, decade or so, which is when a young player comes up and they set the world on fire. They get adjusted to, and typically there's an adjustment period. And you kind of saw it at the very end of the World Series with the Rays and Randy Rosarita. And you're definitely seeing it this spring. We're going to get more into him and dive deeper later on in this hour, but. I think for everybody to just think that Randy Rosarange is going to pick up where he left off after that 20-game stretch is nuts because the league is going to adjust to him. There's a reason why the Cardinals were okay with moving him. And I think when you sit back and, and take all that into account, I think this is a player being grossly overvalued. I do not like the plus 300 here. You can't make enormous money on it anyway. I think there's some other names on this list that really, and even his teammate, we'll get to a little bit later on. But I think people are kind of, I don't know, taking a little bit too much comfort in Randy Rosarena's short sample size and the extrapolation nation that wants to take this number of a short sample, take it over a full season. So, oh my God, this guy's going to be a 30, 30, incredible player. I want to pump the brakes there a little bit because there's going to be some adjustments around the league. And I'll tell you what, now that he is the guy, it's going to be very different than being the guy that came out of nowhere. So what are your thoughts on Rosarena being the favorite here for AL Rookie of the Year on FanDuel?
1: Well, first and foremost, I don't want to discount the talent. Yes, 100% this young man can and probably will be a 30-30 guy. I get that, but that doesn't mean what it used to mean anymore. Yes, it's enticing, but I remember the first time I got into stocks and investing. I opened up an E-Trade account, and I learned very quickly about overvalued stocks. There are other things to look at. It was whether it be volume, movement of shares, margin, whatever it was, to really give you insight into a stock. With a Rosarena right now, He's the fun name for people to say when they want their friends to know that they know about baseball. And you and I have talked about this off the air. You have to be careful in today's day and age, especially with your money. Don't get caught up in trends. It's moving towards that. And I get it's the way of the world, but it's your money. Invest it in the way in which you are comfortable. Do not be persuaded by the the parameters around you because circumstance is just that. Circumstance. Use your gut. If you look at a Rosarena and you look at his metrics and you say, you know what? I'm going to throw it down because those odds, sure, throw something down, but don't throw your whole nut down on that because there's plenty of other players here that we can talk about that are going to get you a much, much better ROI, right? Return
2: on investment. And well, I want to talk about his teammate, Wander Franco, who I think is going to be up sooner than later. And they already talk about him maybe playing some third base or who knows, maybe playing some second base and shifting Brandon Lau somewhere else. So they asked Brandon Lau, I caught him on an interview. They asked him, what are your thoughts on Wander Franco? And you could see the look on his face where he just went, that guy, unbelievable. Like, and, and when Major League Baseball players are blown away by somebody else's talent, that tells you all you need to know. Sure. And it's, it's unfortunate that the term can't miss prospect gets thrown around too much. But with Wander Franco, I know I've seen enough out of Wander Franco where I'm a believer, his teammates are believers. This kid just needs the opportunity. Probably last year he would have been brought up, but the Rays were in a peculiar situation where they were winning. And on top of it, they didn't want to kind of bring up some extra players there. They didn't want to start the clock of Wander Franco. And I understand why. They Everything is about control there with Tampa. They have to do things a certain way because they're a small market team. This year is mm-hmm. going to be different. This year there's going to be expectations too, I think because they went to the World Series. And I think that as good of a player as Willie Adams is, if he struggles or if there's an injury there, you're going to see Wander Franco. I think he is a fascinating long shot here at the uh, 15 to one. I also would uh, consider Eric, Alex Kirilov a 15 to one too, because I think Kirilov's going to play from day one. This is a polished bat, a guy that really has nothing left to prove in the minor leagues. The twins certainly need, I think, to start to turn this roster over a little bit. They have a lot of age there with guys like Donaldson, guys like Nelson Cruz. You need to see a little influx of youth here. And I think Kirilov is exactly that guy. We've been waiting for him for quite some time. Once again, we probably would have seen him last year, but 2020 is what 2020 was. Uh, So Kirilov and Wander Franco, to me, a 15 to one are fascinating options. I do think they're going to qualify and get the number of at-bats they need this year. And then going back into the other top guys, Mountcastle was great. I think it's always tough for a guy on a team as bad as Baltimore is going to be to really get enough support in that lineup. Trey Mancini, I love, but I don't know over 162 if we're going to see the best out of Mountcastle all the time. But what about Jared Kalinick? Because this is another player, sky's the limit, starting with right now that injury. Do you think there's an opportunity because it's six to one? He's starting with the injury where maybe that even falls further and you can maybe get him at 10 to one in a couple weeks?
1: That's that well, that's wishful thinking, and as a wise investor, you're looking for that. And also, you made the point about Kirillov, and then to the other side about Mountcastle. So, Mountcastle doesn't have the support, Kirillov may have too much support and may get lost in the shuffle. You look like at a guy like Kellenic, if uh. Dylan Moore and Kyle Lewis come on. Then he's going to be a part of a bigger conversation. This is a very difficult field in which to 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 place my money because the two names that I really like here are pitchers, and I don't necessarily love throwing a Rookie of the Year prop on pitchers just because we don't get to see them as much. But if guys like Nate Pearson or Tristan McKenzie are nasty and dominant, and Cleveland and Toronto do what I personally think they're going to do, I think they're going to be at the end of the conversation in the American League along with the Yankees, uh, then, yeah, I think that eyes and money should go on those guys. But this is a tough field. But to your point about Kalanick, wait and watch, because if that line moves at all, you jump right in on it.
2: I'm going to tell you what, man. Tristan McKenzie is very impressive. I I was very impressed with him. He was a sleeper guy that we talked about extensively last year, was coming back and finally healthy. And people kind of dismiss him because of the frame, and I don't think they should, okay? A lot of people dismiss Chris Sale because of his frame. You can make a lot of excuses about frame and all this stuff, but you know what? Tim Lincecum had a lot of good years too, and he had a small uh-huh. frame. And you know what? Last time I checked, he's got a couple of Cy Youngs. So, you know, let, let's at least give this guy some credit, especially early on. We can talk about long-term durability all we want. We can always project into the future. We're just trying to project for one year. All we're trying to do is look forward. And I think you're right. I think Pearson's going to get a lot of attention and opportunity to win this award because he's in Toronto and they're going to have a lot of attention on them and competing with the Yankees and thinking a lot from, from McKenzie as well. To me <clears throat> personally, I, I keep looking at Kirilov and Wander Franco. I think that's where I want to spend my money split it between the two of those guys. Take the long shots because one thing we've learned at rookies is it's not always as easy as it seems. A lot can happen over 162. Also a lot can happen for the hit leaders over 162, we come back, we're going to look at who might lead the major leagues in hits. We return right here on Diamond Bets, right here on SportsCrew.
1: All right, welcome back into Diamond Bets, folks. If you miss anything, remember, we come your way each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Check your local listings. Everywhere where you enjoy media, you will find us. We are Diamond Bets. We are Sports Grid. We are Sirius XM 204. We're 1090 the, uh, you know what it is, Joe. The Mightier. Play it on me. The Mightier, mightier. that's right. That's Joe Pizzapia, and that was a setup for a man who has written the mighty, mighty Bible, the Black Book, and it really changes the way that we look at sports. When we're looking at how to invest our money, Joe Pizzapia, and we look at prop bets, especially in the category of hit leaders, to me there's only a handful of guys that that jump into the conversation where I'm comfortable putting my money. Your thoughts on what FanDuel is giving us at this particular stage of spring training?
2: Ah, yes. Hits. I'm wistful for the days of contact in Major League Baseball. That's right. Call me old-fashioned, but uh, you know you've got that picture of Tony Gwynn behind you. I, I miss those guys. I miss the Gwynns sure. and the Boggses of the world and the Boggses Eye. I don't even know what's the plural of Boggs. I don't know, but boxes, you know all I do know Boggses, Boggses, Eye. I, I, but I, I, I miss those guys. I and the shift sure. in a way has even hurt those guys. And I know, kind of before the show, we were talking about the shift, and I am an, I am an anti-shifter. I'm not a big fan of the shift. Uh, I think the shift has a place, but I think so does positions. Because if you play shortstop, yes. I don't think you should be allowed to cross second baseman and go play short right field. I just don't think you should be allowed to do that. I think it's kind of crazy. Um, and I think it is kind of hurting the game. And it's not just hurting the power hitters. It's actually hurting the contact guys, too. Because the contact guys are the ones that can't just turn around, hit the ball out of the ballpark, and boost their average that way. So it's the Jackie Bradley juniors. It's the guys who, you know, the slap-hitting D Gordons of the world where. The shift has really kind of taken them out of account. If you go back, I don't know, six, seven years ago, where those guys were actually starting to show you, hey, look, these guys have some opportunity here to be good major league players. And then that's really when the shift kind of really took hold in those period of time. You see those guys have kind of fallen off the map completely. And I, and I would like to see that. I know in minor league baseball this year, they're trying to actually have some rules about the ship where you, you can't have the guy in the outfield; It's got to be on the infield grass and some other things like that. And that's all well and good, but I just think that we're missing out on a better brand of baseball. And these guys and some of the names are part of that better brand. And at the top of this board here on Fanduel, we got DJ LeMahieu, And obviously most of these guys, they're going to be guys towards the top of the order. The extra at-bats sure. is key to winning this title of hit leader, Mookie Betts. Both these guys at plus 1,200, along with Trey Turner at plus plus twelve. also. You need high on base. You need to be hitting at the top of the order. You need a little bit of speed. And I think that combination is what you're looking for. So let's start with the favorite of DJ LeMayhew because of the three favorites, I think LeMayhew is certainly a guy to really pay attention to. He had 71 hits last year in the uh, 60-game season, which is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Ten of those hits were home runs. He hit 364. So DJ LeMayhew somehow – has been able to become a better hitter after leaving Coors Field. Now, I'm not sure how that happened because you go back and you look at the splits of D.J. LeMahieu when he was away from Coors. He was terrible. When he was at Coors, he was great. And I don't know how we kind of justify this in our minds, but everybody should take a look at D.J. LeMahieu and everybody wants to write off Nolan Arenado this year now that he's left Coors Field. Take a good look at DJ LeMahieu and then get back to me about that, okay? Let's not start writing off great players. So DJ is certainly a player I think you have to give a lot of time and attention to. So of these top three favorite guys, Mookie Betts, obviously an MVP candidate. Trey Turner had a great Mm -hmm. season as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite of these top three guys in your mind that you think can be the hit leader in 2021? Because you're getting 12 to 1 on all of them. Yeah, well,
1: it's been the only guy that has proven consistently in a large sample size that he can do it. For me, it's Whit Merrifield. He's a guy that Mm. people just sleep on all the time. I don't know if it's the market in which he plays. I think there should be so many more eyes on the Kansas City Royals as a whole. They've made some really interesting moves and uh, provided some pitching emerges for this ball club. This is a team that can be in the conversation. But looking at this particular option, what FanDuel has given me with Whit Merrifield, I think it was plus 14 when you showed it to me, to me, at plus fourteen hundred, to me, that's the way to go. And I feel like it's very chalky, though. You know, the, the hit tool is changing. You talked about it. Guys would rather put it over the wall than they would to put it in the opposite field, and that changes the game. So when I'm putting my money in an ever-changing market, if it's volatile, I got to be careful. Whitmerfield is the only true stock in with, with which I'm comfortable. Maybe Mookie bets, but mm, I, I just, I,
2: it's tough now. The game's changing, Joe. Yeah, the game is changing. I mean, the good news is you're getting really good odds on chalk, and I think that's something to take notice of, where I think LeMahieu, Mookie Betts, Whit Murrayfield are all really good investments here, and they're all really good odds. So, of all the things you can go and bet preseason baseball futures, this to me is one of the more appealing ones, because if you take, let's say you've got 500 bucks or $400 just spreading around these guys, right? It's uh, pretty good. Like You can maybe go a little bit more into one guy you really like, And then kind of hedge with the others and you can still come out pretty positive which i think is terrific and i think that's something to understand it's 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 much more difficult when you look at say the american league rookie of the year to kind of pin that one down here even the chalk the chalk's not three to one chalk's not five to one chalk's not even ten to one it's 12. so if it's 12 right off the bat this is something that you should be aware of and understand yeah you know it's got to be a guy who can stay healthy too and that's why trey turner for me is always the one that i shy away from of the favorites you know, Trey Turner has had his mix of health issues in the past, and if you miss even two weeks, that's a problem. I mean, that's going to probably hurt you for yes. this award overall, probably end your chase of that award. Mookie Betts, very durable player. Uh, DJ LeMayhew has been the same, and Whit Merrifield, forget it. You know, two years ago, Whit Merrifield scored 100 runs, right, and he had 200 he had like hits, and I feel like no – yeah and nobody cares. I feel like you and I are the only two people that care. Maybe our technical okay. director James he's in Kansas City. Sarah cares, she's a big Royals fan too. They all care, but I feel like if Whit Merrifield played for the Boston Red Sox, if Whit Merrifield played for the Yankees, he would be oh, wow. 7 to 1. He would be 7 to 1 or 8 to 1 for this award because of that national attention. So you're getting basically a discount on Whit Merrifield. We're getting better odds on Whit Merrifield because he plays in a smaller market. And I think it's something to really look at. So, if you want to go even with two guys, you want to go with Mookie and Witt, you want to go with DJ and Witt, I think you have to have Witt Merrifield in that conversation too, because this guy's a hit machine, hits towards the top of the order. And Witt Merrifield was a player people forget that was basically let for dead in the minor league system of the Royals. He got with a hitting coach who made some adjustments to his swing. He went, became a house on fire in double A and then triple A carried over. Then it carried over into the major leagues. Everybody's waiting for the shoe to drop, and it never did. The guy has just hit consistently. He's also got good speed. You see the 12 stolen bases there last year for him in that short season. So, I mean, Whit Merrifield, one of the better all-around players in baseball. He's on a team-friendly contract, which I think – is spectacular that he was able to sign that get paid but also great for the royals because this is a building block that you can really turn things around the royals have some good young pitching we talked about daniel lynch we've talked uh, about um some of the other pitchers we have here brady singer in this rotation Mm -hmm. there's opportunity here in the next two years as maybe the twins are getting older as i talked about in the last segment maybe the royals start to get back to being that team that you just don't want to (laughs) play because exactly 15 and 16. And I think they could be that again, sooner than later.
1: So to that point, you're hundred percent correct. But as the uh, investor that I am, I like to look at some of the long shots. I like to look at some of the numbers that people may not look at. And when I look at guys like Catel Marte, Francisco Lindor, Freddie Freeman, Bobachet, Raphael Devers, Freddie Freeman has the best hit tool of those players, in, in my opinion, but he won't be able to stay on the field. And a guy like Bo Bichette is interesting. I, I I feel like I want Bo Bichette to be better than than he can truly be, just from a financial standpoint, as well as from the fact that it's like the lineup around him. Out of those guys, though, Ketel Marte, Frankie Lindor, Freddie Freeman, Bo Bichette, Raphael Devers. Who do you think has the best hit tool?
2: Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna say. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, look, Freddie. No, it's it's tough because I, I like a lot of these hitters. Obviously, I mean, these are some of the best hitters in baseball. That's why they're on this list in the first place. Um, I would fade away from Bichette in this grouping still. I still think there's some things Bichette has to work on, even though he had one pace that was just absolutely torrid at one point for like three weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, Freddie Freeman is the toughest out, but Francisco Lindor I think is the best overall hitter. And I say that, you know, because I was a guy following Lindor from his minor league years and and watching him grow and develop. And people said he was only going to be a doubles hitter. And I said, you're crazy. You're wrong. This guy's very strong. He's going to become a 30 home run guy. And he came up to the major leagues and hit for power right away. And people were suspect of it. And then he got better. And I think that's something to always keep in mind. Don't discount the little guys, man. Some of these littler dudes like Wander Franco. These guys are jacked, man. They are strong. They can hit the baseball with authority. Um, this is a really good group. I think where I struggle with Freeman and Devers is I think they're gonna get walked a fair amount too, and that's gonna hurt. So this is not batting average here. It's not batting title we're talking about. Um I think if you want to go deeper, Juan Soto should be considered for everything because what's you know, what are the chances he does get 200 hits this year? It's possible. Um but once again I go back to that same thing, which is how many times is he gonna get pitched around? How many times is he gonna walk? And right. what you want are guys in good lineups, do you? I mean, that's where Mookie Betts and DJ LeMahieu get their 12 to one odds. They are in such good lineups at the top of those lineups and always pitch around them because you just can't. So they're going to get more opportunities. Uh, Whit Merrifield, I think you stick with those three. Um, and it's and it's not a knock on Trey Turner. Trey Turner deserves to be in that conversation. But I think you're just nuts if you don't consider the downside of Trey Turner in the injury history, Matt. I just feel like, and with Bo Bichette, do you think, to a certain extent if his name was i don't know not bichette wasn't a familiar right. name to us that we would feel the same way well no that that's why i said i want him to be better
1: than then we're going to find out that he is i want that entire ball club to be better i have a lot of uh, investment eyes on that ball club both as a whole and individual players so you make great points about guys like lindor and freeman just having the experience but Again, to your point, if Turner and Soto are both healthy and they're close enough to each other in a lineup where you can't pitch around, meaning back-to-back here, then that's going to be incredibly interesting. I think it's important when you're looking at this type of wager to look at the players around the player
2: that you're betting upon. I, I would agree. I would absolutely agree. And I think that Blue Jays team is going to be just as expected. All right, when we come back, we're going to do a little three-up, three-down who's tearing it up this week in spring training and who should be torn a new one. Plus I will say that (laughs) I was wrong. That's right. It's going to happen. We come back right here on diamond bets on sports. We'll be right back right after this.
1: Welcome back. You are experiencing Diamond Bets, a show about baseball done by true baseball fans, especially those behind the glass. We thank you all so very much for bringing us to the world each and every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Joe Pizzoppia, we've been talking about different players that we want to target moving ahead in the 2021 season in Major League Baseball, where we can win our money. I think it's interesting to look at three up and three down, three players that are having a good week in
2: spring training and three players that aren't doing so well. So begin. Yeah, and I'm going to begin with saying I'm I'm mad enough to say I was wrong because this relationship between you and I is very important to me. You know, we have to keep the lanes of communication open. I know we learned that in therapy, you and I, uh, this offseason, and and I want to just come out there. You you were very, hey, Madison Baumgartner's not done yet. He's got too much self-respect for himself, and I think you're right, and I, I think I was wrong to discard him. Now, look, it's only two innings. But still, striking out the side in two innings is something that piques my interest. But but what piqued my interest even more, Matt, was the comments before and after the game from Bumgarner, which is his keen awareness of how disappointing he was last year. And his keen awareness of, hey, I'm also not the guy who's throwing 95 anymore. Now, his velocity was down last year. It was somewhere in the 88 range. In this outing where he struck out the side in two straight innings, it was around 91. Now, around 91, you can you can go and be that guy still if you know how to pitch. And Madison Bumgarner knows how to pitch. This is a player, you know, if you if you look back at uh, the similar tracks of, say, Pedro Martinez, CC Zabathia, when the, the velocity declined, they were still right. able to get the most out of what they had left in the arsenal because they had pitching skills, which is something that I think is going to be lost on a whole generation of pitchers that's coming through here because it's all about velocity. It's all about lighting up the radar gun and everything like that. However, when it comes to Bumgarner specifically – You know, he is going to have to learn to pitch with less now, less velocity. Mm -hmm. If he can do that, and he's showing you here in the spring, he can. If this trend continues right now, like I know in your fantasy drafts out there, he's a free pitcher. He is free. There's no reason not to take a 31-year-old Hall of Famer who is a free pitcher and try to resurrect him into your rotation and, and I'll tell you what, Matt, I look at Madison Bumgarner and I see the opportunity here for that. And I also see the opportunity for him with the Diamondbacks to maybe, you know, maybe start to maybe question that win total. Is it an under if Madison Bumgarner is right? And if Zach Gallen continues to be the stud he is, I think that's the Caleb bigger speaks. implication we'll take. So, so, so far, good showing for Bumgarner. How does it feel to be right?
1: you know so i i'm not that guy that's going to take that victory lap what i am going to say to the people out there that are concerned as an investor when we talk about hitting i'm always going to look at who, the protection in the lineup, who's around the hitter in which I'm placing my wager. When it comes to pitching, I'm looking at secondary pitchers, as pitches, especially when guys lose a tick in velocity. So Madison Bumgarner understands that his secondary pitches now are going to mean more. He hasn't been fooling with arm slot, and that is something that I also pay attention to. A lot of guys like to fool with that, and it messes up a lot of things. You look at Madison Bumgarner, this is a thinking man's picture, reminds me of a Tom Glavin, for those out there that remember. So he will continue to adapt and continue to grow and continue to be effective, and I definitely am looking at some of the different wages that I can put on surrounding Madison Bumgarner for these reasons.
2: Glavin's another good one, too, where he had a decrease in velocity in his 30s, and he was able to pitch almost until he was 40. Uh, look, I I don't know what you're talking about. I'm all about victory laps. I would never get any cardio in of course you if are. I didn't take the victory <laughs> lap. I mean, come on. I, oh, Sometimes I get a cramp from all the victory laps I take. I kid, I kid. All right, let's talk about another player who's trending up in the right direction. It's Ty France. Oh, Ty France. Uh, he is the second base slash outfielder for – the mariners and he is on fire look at ops you have to do a double take yeah that's a two in front of that ops that's right not a one that's a 2.128 i know it's only six games but i don't care man the guy's got three bombs already he's hitting doubles everywhere he's hitting everything and he's got a real opportunity to play every day this was a player that came over in a trade last year um with the san diego padres and and look san diego I know PCL numbers. Sometimes we inflate them a little bit and we go, Oh, be a little careful there. But Ty France has a good minor league track record. I don't think shed long is really going to compete with him for this job at second. And even if they want to split the two of them in playing time with the Kalanick injury in the outfield, there's more at-bats to be had for Ty France. So if the Kalanick injury is bad for uh, him and his is AL rookie of the year odds, this is a good thing for Ty France. Another player, To keep an eye on that I think could really make an impact here in the early going especially in your DFS formats too if you're playing on FanDuel Ty France is going to be cheap my guess is he's going to be somewhere on that 3k range most days and if he keeps hitting like this he's going to be an extraordinary value in those lineups so keep an eye on him going forward but I do think every day at bats are going to be there for Ty France and this is another young player that Mariners have to keep showing their fan base that they've got to turn the page and start to get more competitive not going to win a lot of games But Matt, I think Ty France is going to be part of this equation this year for them. Yeah,
1: and if he continues to put up numbers like this, then his day trading numbers are definitely going to change, so you want to get in nice and early, but also it goes back to protection in the lineup, it goes back to guys like Dylan Moore and Kyle Lewis and a healthy Mitch Haniger and what type of pitches is France going to see, and, and yes, having the everyday at-bats, you're really going to get to see what this player is, uh, I am still reserving my money on this one, just because of there's so many moving parts and X factors, but it's something, a stock that I'm keeping my eye on.
2: You know, all right. Another stock we're keeping our eye on is Domingo Herman. He was on this week, uh, this list last week, and he's there again. You know why? Because he still hasn't given up a run yet. That's right. No walks, no earned runs, seven strikeouts, and five innings. This guy's back, and he looks really sharp. Tyon, I know, has looked good too, but. Uh, the Yankees know that Herman's a guy they can count on for innings. And I think that is what's so crucial, and why you're going to see him in the rotation. You could even see, even though Tyon might be out pitching him and have the bigger upside and all that good stuff, you might see him slot in as a fifth starter anyway, just so they can skip him on those days to limit his innings throughout the season. Whereas Herman, even though he might be technically the fifth starter of this team in terms of talent, in terms of innings, he might end up being their three. So keep that in mind right now as you're kind of trying to assess the Yankee rotation, because I think Roman's going to be in it. Davey Garcia can pitch out of the bullpen, and now there might be a need for that, which with Zach Britton out, Matt, it might make more mm-hmm. sense for Garcia to get innings in the or, – or not use up all of his innings right away, but use some in the uh, bullpen, maybe go down, stretch out, and then come back in the second half as a starting pitcher – that would work out really well potentially for the Yankees if they could pull that off and it gives them an insurance policy. But Herman, right now, I think, is the story to talk about.
1: Yeah. And the one thing that jumped out at me on that graphic that the, our producers threw up, and thank you so much for those graphics uh, seven strikeouts over five mm-hmm. innings. It tells me something. You said Domingo Herman is back. I don't think Domingo Herman ever left. I've always been. Buy, buy, buy on Domingo Herman. I'm also buy, buy, buy on Jordan Montgomery as well. To your point about yep. that bullpen, I think it's a total other conversation. I mean, guys like Clark Schmidt are in the conversation as well, but we'll see what the Yankees do with that. But looking at Domingo Herman as a stock, it, it's a stock that has paid out well in the past for me as an investor. I don't look at the external things. I understand in this world we're supposed to, but this might sound a bit callous. But when it comes to my money, I only care about what you do on the field. And that's why Domingo Herman is always going to be in my portfolio until he proves otherwise.
2: Well, wherever there's three up, there's always got to be three down. So let's take a look at the guys who are not doing so well. Oh, we got to start with Randy Rosarena. Oh, Randy, Randy, Randy is not good. These stats (laughs) do not make me Randy at all. Look at this, 13 (sighs) at-bats, no dingers, two hits, two. He's got two hits so far. I know it's only 13 at-bats. I get it small sample, blah, blah, blah. 154 average, 308 OPS, not on base, not OBP, OPS. Okay. I just want to throw this out there because yes, this does fit the narrative that I painted earlier in the show, which is Randy Rosarena is going to have an adjustment period. The league always adjusts to you. This is what happens when you come up. They say, here's a fastball kid, hit it. And if you hit it, For the first month, they go, all right, now we're going to do some other stuff and try to get you out in other ways, and now they're going to start game planning. If you're just some kid from the minor leagues, they're not going to all of a sudden sit in a room all together and try to figure you out. They're going to kind of let you dictate to them what you do well and what you don't, and then when they find your weaknesses, they're going to expose them, and then you have to adjust back. There's some players who never adjusted back. Go back and look at Eric Hosmer and Jason Hayward. They came out, lit the world on fire, and then they had huge adjustment periods, both of them. This happened to Brett Laurie. Remember him with the Blue Jays? Incredible out of the gate for like 60 games. And then what happened? Never any good after that. Why? Injuries? Maybe a little screw or two loose, possibly. But on top of which, the league makes adjustments to you. And you have to learn to, to adjust back. back. I, I think it was a long season of adjustments. And hopefully he will eventually. Just ask Austin Riley about the adjustments. But to me, Randy Arena, I think, is the biggest wild card. I absolutely see the talent. I absolutely see the upside. But the problem is, I feel like I'm the only one looking at the downside, Matt.
1: Well, that's fine. That's great. Watch everyone else lose their money if that's the case. (laughs) You're a smart, patient investor, but keep in mind that with a Arena, think about the uh the organization from which he's from they produce baseball players so you have to believe that they are also going to look to help him make the adjustments as the league adjusts to him I still think that there's a bit more of a sample size that needs to be seen there could be some early money to be made on a Arena, maybe in a day trading situation but looking at some long-term stuff I'm with you here you know I I can't help but think of a guy like Aaron Judge. So I mean, I live in New York, so I, it's in my face every single day. Holes in the swing were exposed, and still, I'm not a thousand percent convinced that they've been filled. So with the Arena, I still think the jury is out. I'd keep an eye on him. He's a stock that I have my eye on, but to your point as well, I do expect some regression. I mean, you have to. When you move on to a team like Philadelphia, and uh, this next player that you're going to bring up, this is a guy
2: for me that needs to um, poop or get off the pot. Mm, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Very eloquently put by Matt Stryker there. Uh, spring training means different things for different players. And for Scott Kingery, it means he has to play well in order to get a job. I think he's going to get phased out here. It's funny because you look at Alec Bohm, who looks like a stud. You look mm-hmm. at them re-signing D.D. Gregorius. Gene Segura is oh. there. He's kind of running out of options of where he can play. I don't think you want him out there in center field, either, right? So McCutcheon and Harper are already out in the outfield. So this is tricky. This is a really difficult spot here for Scott Kingery because I feel like when it comes to him, this is a player that probably in a, a different light would have just been left alone and, and developed on the major league level at his own pace. But I don't think the Phillies have had that luxury. And unfortunately, it's shown. And I think moving him from position to position has been tough. I think... Some injuries have been tough for him, but I feel like he's trying to play catch up all the time. And honestly, I don't think this is going to be a good scenario. This is not a good spring for him hitting a buck 25. He's going to end up being a player off the bench, and that's going to hurt him. Maybe he'd be better off on a different team. And then there's Craig Kimbrell, who two innings so far this year, five earned runs, one strikeout, five hits. Craig Kimbrell hasn't looked like Craig Kimbrell in a long time. And uh, I think at this point, even though the beard game is strong, the closer game is not as strong for Craig Kimbrell. And I think it's time to recognize that this is a guy that maybe has just lost it, and that's okay. It happens. Maybe he'll find it again. But in terms of investments or also when you look at the Cubs win total, when you take the bad starting pitching right after Hendricks that you really have questions about and then the bridge to a win with Craig Kimbrell, even if they do have a lead, I got to tell you, this Cubs win total for me as we get later into these in the next couple weeks, I think it's going to be an under for me. I can tell you right now. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, look, you, you you can keep you can
1: keep a lot of the Cubs, a lot of them. Maybe you, you hope for a Chris Bryant or Javi Baez, quote unquote, bounce back, and Anthony Rizzo to do, do what Anthony Rizzo does. But outside of that, yeah, I think Kimbrel has has lost the butter on the bread to which his bread was buttered, if that makes any sense at all. And back to Kingery, you made a point, man. Where is he going to play? I mean, I expect him to play in the outfield, but he, even then, it's just not. It doesn't bode well for either of those players, Kingery or Kimbrel, moving forward in an investment strategy. Rosa Arena, like I said, I'll still keep an eye
2: on. Yeah, all, all that butter, this cholesterol might be higher <laughs> than his velocity right now. All right, we're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to talk about some bounce back guys, players that had bad 2020s that we might want to bounce back in 21. So stick around for those names. We come back right here on SportsGrid.
1: Welcome back into Diamond Vets. Matt and Joe are here as we are each and every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. If you missed anything, well, shame on you, but we'll be back again next week, same time, same channel, all of that. Joe, I'd like to know some ideas that you have about players that I can expect to bounce back in the 2021 Major League season.
2: Thoughts? Well, look, I think there's a lot of players who had really good 2019 seasons that we were very excited about. And then 2020 did not go their way, right? And it could be a myriad of reasons. Obviously JD Martinez is one of them. And he has said, you know, not being able to have the film and he really wasn't prepared and he didn't work out the way he should have. And he came back and he had no timing. So JD Martinez is definitely one. I think Josh Donaldson is another player too, that I would love to see kind of bounce back and be full Josh Donaldson. Again, we've seen that where you think he's gone. And then he comes back again Mm -hmm. and shows you why he's still an MVP talent. And then there's uh, Ramon Loriano, who, uh, a terrific defensive player, and I think a player that offers power and speed, and then last year just had a bad short sample, and for whatever reason, sure. but I think the gains that he made in 2019, Matt, I think they're for real, and I think they'll be back again in 21. How about for you? Is there somebody out there that you're looking at for a bounce-back year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's actually three names. They're all pitchers. Uh, one is Frankie Montas, and we talk about Loriano in Oakland. Another mm-hmm. is Chris Paddock. And then last but not least is Corey Kluber. These are three arms that I have a, a big eye on, as they say. I expect to bounce back, and I expect there to be some money on the other side of that bounce.
2: Yeah, I like all three of those names. I think all three of them are going to be big contributors to their rotations this year. And in hour two, we got some more props coming up for you. We got MLB home run leaders on FanDuel. We've also got National League Rookie of the Year. Matt and I are going to talk about that. We're also going to ask the big, important questions, and we're going to give you answers for them. That's right. Are they the right answers? Probably, probably. <laughs> we have a good track record with these things. So we got a great second hour coming up for you. So you're gonna want to stick around for that. And if you missed anything, you'd always go back and watch on demand. We want to thank everybody who's listening to you on Sirius XM204 and all our radio affiliates here on Sports Grid. So when we come back switching gears a little bit to the National League rookies, who are the young players making an impact? And of course, who are those home run leaders? Everybody loves the long ball. When we come back, we'll talk about that more in hour two of Diamond Bets.